Hello and welcome to Faking Wits, a book club podcast in which I sit down with some very good friends and we talk about a book that we have read. My name is Shin C and is it hot in here or is it just me? Who's joining me in this very, very hot room today? Oh. <coughs> 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 yeah, hi. Sorry, you caught me off guard there. That's all right. Um, hi, I'm Alice Burden, and I'm back. Mm-hmm. Your classic catchphrase yeah. for the ages. Who's, who else is back with you? Hi, I'm Steve Cohen, uh. and welcome to the Brand Flakes Podcast. This week, we're trying to work out the mystery of who left the dirty dishes out in my flat sink. Could have it been Tom, my housemate? Could have it been the cat? Or could have it secretly, perhaps, maybe even possibly, in the realms of possibility? I don't know, but perhaps it could have been me. But I don't think it was me, because I wasn't home at the time. So I don't think it was me. Anyway, that, that this concludes this week's episode of Brown Flakes, the podcast. Steve, I, I've got to ask you, um, are you are you struggling for material these days? Because I've noticed that the scope of your mysteries is getting much narrower and a lot more irrelevant and unnecessary, I guess. It's quite, I'm quite busy at the moment. Um, I've got a lot of uh, projects on. And of course, Brand Flakes is always my centerpiece of my career. Mm. So I like to keep it going, but it's been quite difficult to uh, investigate the mysteries at the normal depth that I would have. I mean, you, I mean, I remember you when you first appeared on our um, on our show um, some time ago. You, you initially stated that you you solved book mysteries, yeah, and now you're solving dish mysteries. I, I, I'm just I'm just wondering whether you're just phoning it in nowadays. I don't know. Uh, well, so I've got a, a Netflix project at the moment, so that's quite difficult. Uh, you've got a Netflix project, yeah, a show on Netflix coming up in, in the fall. Do we have? Do- you know what, like, you know what, Steve, it, it, it's, uh, maybe it's because I'm in a good mood today, and maybe it's the weather, I don't know, but I, I, I'm willing to let you, I'm kind of happy for you, I'm happy for you, genuinely Thanks, happy man. for you, I was like, this is great, it's a big deal, Netflix, um, I mean, I, I assume you, you, you want to promote it. And, yeah, and, we'll uh, talk about it later, I think. Okay, well, what is your, uh, okay. Well, no, you can't just tease us, just, fine, fine, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> well, Alice clearly <laughs> wants to know more about this show, but like, if, when you're ready, when you're ready. Well, I, I imagine it will come up naturally in conversation. I mean, for a guy who's basically his whole uh, shtick is hijacking the show, suddenly you're becoming very reticent about not plugging your own thing. But um, Well, I, I think uh, getting my show uh, from Netflix, a uh, million pound deal, is, is mes- uh, it's matured me a little bit. Maybe I'll less need to promote myself. I feel less internally insecure. You, well, well, you seem very like I'm oh, very zen these days. I am. Steve. I've been yeah. doing uh, Bikram Yoga. Oh, okay. On my Bikram Yoga podcast with... Uh, John C. Riley. <laughs> you know, Steve, 
you don't have to turn everything you do into a podcast. I'm just going to say that. I'm like, you can just do things without necessarily, you know, recording them and then releasing them on the internet. Like, I don't, I don't know if that's possible. I mean, I say that with a lot of love for the medium itself. Mm. And obviously, like, for a person who's, like, does their own podcast, you know, I have to record everything and you know, put it on the internet and share it with the world. But it's good if I do. How else would the people know what John C. Riley thinks of Bikram Yoga? That's very true. That's very true. Well, look, we'll get back to you, Steve. Right? We'll get back to you. I want to hear more about this Netflix mm. deal that you've been working on. Uh, uh, who else is on the? Ooh, ooh. Come, come in. Hello. Hello. Uh, who? Who's this? I'm here for the podcast. The. The the what the Picasso the podcast oh the podcast yep okay I, I mean, read over the telegram which oh. uh, which which podcast are you here for uh the big from yoga one with John Street Riley ooh inside voice <laughs> a bit intense it's all right you like I'll sit further away no, sorry right? I'll sit over there please shush okay. I'm not like... oh my ears sorry I, 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 Alice has have does have a bit of a hangover today. is that better. Um, I don't know. Maybe, that, maybe. It's just eyes, me. I, I mean, mean it's to be honest. In this way, is it? <laughs> don't lean forward. <laughs> well, lean backward. There you go. Yeah. What, what's? I, I, sorry, I forgot I booked this guy as a guest. Who is he? Who is he? Um, well, I'll let him introduce himself. <laughs> we'll just have to start the 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 Brooklyn Roger podcast. I'll just play the theme now. Oh God. <laughs> That's not the theme, big from Yoga Boy. Please respect the podcast. I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, why owe Kendrick Lamar money for this? There we go. I'm not, I'm not stressed. <laughs> yeah, okay. The end the... Hi, welcome to the Bikram Yoga Podcast. <laughs> so you uh, wait, wait, hold on a second. Your, your theme is King Concert by Kendrick Lamar. Well, because it's got the words, I'm not stressed. Okay. okay. You're, you're right. not on the podcast. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, all right. So it's just me. And I... my guest uh, this week is... Crispin Paquet. Where's John C. Riley? Uh, he's busy filming uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 4. <laughs> Oh, uh, is he well, not with John, James Gunn, unfortunately? Uh, it's being directed by James Gunn's son. Oh, what's his name? Uh, Paul Gunn. Okay, alright. <laughs> I thought it was going to be Sun Gunn or something like no. that. Okay. No, he is right. son, of, son of a gun. He is a son of a gun, he is, he is. Sorry, anyway, I'm, it, I'm interrupted. Podcast. Oh, look, how does it feel <laughs> to have your podcast interrupted, Steve? I'm, I'm, I'm finding this very, very, very satisfying to do that. Anyway, how's your Bikram Yoga been going this week? Uh, it's been going absolutely spiffing, it has. Oh, that's good. It's been great. Well, I think this concludes the uh, Bikram Yoga podcast with my guest. And I've been Crispin Paquet. And I've been Steve Koenig. And I've been Crispin Paquet. Okay, alright, alright, okay. No, okay. down, down off to the pub, eh, as you see. <laughs> Chris, Crispin, I mean, you're welcome to stick around and talk about books with us, if you'd like. Um, Which I, book are we talking? Well, that's a good, that's a very good point. Thank you. That's a great segue. I feel like we've been um, uh, sidetracked by a lot of stuff uh, already. Um, the book that we'll be discussing today, Crispin, is Atonement by Ian McEwan. Ah! You familiar with it? No. Okay, well, Wait, you know. Give me 15 minutes. Oh, I'll okay. read it. Let right. me just go under this here 15, table. 15 minutes. This One here five. table. Okay, well, well, while some Crispin is familiarizing himself with the text, um, I. Um, great! Oh, you're on board, you're on board. Um, that was more like. Oh. 30 seconds. Was, I, I, yeah. I think it was 15 minutes. So I laser glazed it, you see. 
Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I didn't skim read it. Uh, um, I didn't. I laser glazed. Okay, all right. I mean, you got to tell, tell me more about your technique. Um, I'm very intrigued by your reading technique. It involved you sort of flipping through the pages. What, I, what I do, as you see, is I look at the pages. And, and you're almost like sniffing it. Right? I have a very keen eye, you see. Yeah, yeah. A very keen eye. Uh-huh, see, I uh-huh. used to fly Spitfires in, in, in the Navy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, for the Navy. For the Navy. Okay. All right. What a mystery. This, this, no, this story seems to check out so far. Oh, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Spitfires weren't part of the Navy, I, I don't think. I, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a medieval history buff. <laughs> well, you know, see, uh, in Afghanistan, the Navy, the Navy was employed to be able to infiltrate places where other non-wooden planes wouldn't be able to get to. So what, you um, are running, in, you're infiltrating secret missions with your pine, your my, Spitfire. My wooden Spitfire. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, that seems like there's a lot of meat on that uh, on that anecdote. Um, I want to get into it. I'm, Indubitably. God, I'm being pulled in so many different directions. I, I want to find out more about um, Steve's Netflix show. I want to find out about your whole wooden Spitfire deal. And I need to talk about... Um, Atonement, Alice. I don't think unless you have anything that you anything juicy that you want to share. Got got an old don't don't because like we're already getting sidetracked. I feel I'm just afraid that if you introduce something new to it, we're never going to be able to talk about this book um, and give um, these two gentlemen the time they need to talk about their things. Now I'll let the men talk as per usual. Oh, thank you. So magnanimous of you. well, okay, let's uh, let's get stuck in, shall we? Ian McEwan's Atonement. Um, now, Atonement, uh, heads up, first of all, I'm going to say that this book, uh, this, this show is going to spoil some massive plot details about Atonement. If somehow you ha- have not seen the film or read the book, then maybe give this one a skip because we are going to be spoiling a massive, massive uh, plot detail, um, which is inevitable because we're discussing the book. So, yeah, yeah obviously we're going to be... Talking about it, and I mean, dis- you don't normally say that, do you? Spoiler alert! I mean, it, I mean, I, I don't. I sometimes say spoiler alert uh, um, at this in this show. That's why my like podcast got a higher listen than yours because I don't tell everyone to stop listening to the podcast at the beginning of the podcast. Well, in some- fact, I actively encourage them to, con- to continue listening. Yeah, but then, like, you don't have enough time because your podcast average about thirty seconds in length. I mean, it's, honestly, your theme tune is about as long as the episode itself. That's true. Right? Do you say things like spoiler alert? This is going to be a really good podcast. Keep listening, I do, everybody. I do. <laughs> spoiler alert? That's, what's that spoil? Um, the spoiling the how good it's going to be. Well, you know what? I, Jeff. I, I mean, it's interesting because I think Ian McEwen does a very similar thing in Atonement when he's writing about it. I think he sort of like, he does a lot of this sort of like, a, oh, little did they know that such and such was about to such and such and such and such. Oh, they, very mysterious writer. It makes you, I mean, when you read about, when you read about the story of um, Bryony, um, we, we, first of all, when we go into atonement, right, we don't know who's narrating the story. You're kind of accepting that, like, it's being written from a omniscient third person point mm-hmm. of view. And it's, and, and, and this narrator drops in a lot of things like, um, oh, Bryony didn't know it then, but her life was about to change forever. Spoiler alert. Uh, so exactly, exactly. Uh, and, and Lola didn't know it then, but she was about to have an uncomfortable encounter with 
this guy. Um, stuff like that. Just literally yeah. just drops it in and it, it, it creates a sort of sense of anticipation in the book. Do you, do you find this, like, do you like this style of writing when people sort of like drop in? Like, the, the, the term for it is prolepsis, is when you sort of like drop in. Sort oh, of I, I had that. I had to go to uh, the hospital. <laughs> no, that's, um, that's <laughs> prolapse, I think. What were you doing? Oh, you don't want to know. Uh, <laughs> no, we, we do, we do, we do. Come on. Too much juicy stuff. Part um, of my podcast. <laughs> Which one? The, 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 uh, the uh, What's Inside Steve Koenig's <laughs> Guts Podcast. <laughs> Again, Behind Steve. his what? Guts. <laughs> Guts. I think it's gods. <laughs> Again, Steve, you don't have to do... And not everything you do has to become a podcast. What was inside your guts? I made me poo. <laughs> <laughs> How many episodes did that show go for? Twelve. God. And how long were was each episode? Uh, two, two hours, roughly. <laughs> you know what? I, I find it really hard to believe that because you barely you struggle to keep a sentence up for more than a minute, <laughs> and the idea of you speaking at length for two hours just it just doesn't seem realistic. Uh, it was a good podcast. Um, I, I it didn't wasn't for general consumption. I only sent it to my doctor. Just <laughs> the only one he received the podcast. He just asked you to describe your symptoms, and he gave them like a 15 hour podcast series still to go through. Uh, Most okay. of it was themes, to be fair. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, look, I, I don't, I, so, how do you feel? Do you, do, are you a fan of this style that, um, uh, that Ian McEwen uh, employs during the, the, the book? Um, the idea of, there's a lot of foreshadowing in this book, I guess. Um, it feels like he's that, yes. teasing us with like um, possible nuggets of truth bombs to come down the road. A nugget of bomb. Yes. No, exactly. You I know mean, a nugget of bomb fell in my garden? <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. This is... Um, I, although I don't know how much truth there was lying therefore within. Probably if it was an actual nugget of bomb. Um, it wasn't... <laughs> that's a literal bomb. <laughs> That's a literal bomb. That's not a metaphorical truth bomb. Uh, so, what's a nugget of bomb? It was you a mean shrapnel. No, I mean, so when when the Nazis used to make bombs, mm-hmm. they'd put nuggets in them, like chicken nuggets. Yeah, <laughs> knowing full well the large Muslim and Jewish populations residing within the United Kingdom, mm-hmm. they would put non-kosher and non-halal nuggets. Inside the bomb, and then when the bomb would therefore collapse onto the house. Why are you South African now? I'm not that. My father was a cartographer in South Africa. Doesn't that seem like a bit like an unnecessary insult to injury at that point? If you just what, the Nazis? I think dropping Are you complaining that the Nazis are being too mean? Well. Unnecessarily mean. <laughs> yeah, just like if you're dropping a bomb on somebody, why would you have to like drop something that's haram or like a um, non-kosher on them as well? Did chicken nuggets even exist then? Ah, but of course, oh, probably it was one of the great Nazi inventions. Of course, the Nazis invented them just to spite the Muslims and Jews. <laughs> they they didn't even think about eating them; they just put them in their bombs. <laughs> And then suddenly, then suddenly, uh, a kindly old clown named Ronald came along and said, "Like, hey, these are actually good when you put them in your mouth." He was like, he used to be a bomb disposal expert. He was an American American lieutenant, I believe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Came over here, diffused a bomb, discovered these tasty chicken morsels in this diffused bomb, and he popped one <laughs> he in his mouth. Diffused the bomb and started just eating <laughs> the bomb. And he's still like, hey, in my this gives me an idea for my restaurant. I'll call it Burger King. 
Um, and that was already that was already existed. It already existed. Ronald so McDonald's. He just called it Ronald McDonald's. Ronald McDonald's Steakhouse. I <laughs> 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 called it Steakhouse. We only serve nuggets. Well, that's what he caught at first. He called them steaks, and then he discovered that there was already a food stuff called steaks. So he had to go with chicken nuggets. I can you remember the first re- the rest- first customer who said, "Like, excuse me, I'd like to speak to the manager. I'd like to make a complaint about my steak." So, mm. what's wrong with your steak, sir? And the clown comes from behind the counter. Why, hello, with his big his big jewels flopping over and over. <laughs> And the guy says, like, look, yeah, there's a problem with my steak. It's clearly not a steak. It's just a tiny... It's, it's literally just one nugget on a plate. Just one chicken nugget on a plate. Um, I don't know. Papagon sauce. <laughs> it's just... It's, it, this doesn't fit the description of what I consider a steak. And I think, like, Ronald McDonald says, wait, this gives me an idea. I, 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 instead of giving you just one nugget I, as a steak, I'll give you something else. I'll give you, like, a, a piece of meat between two buns... Right, and thus the Big Mac was inv- was mm. invented. And, and, and what, what's 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 the middle part of a Big Mac called? What's the, they've got like a muffin in the middle? Don't they? I think it's, it's not, called. It's I fun. think it's called the filtrum. That's the middle part of the uh, the Big Mac. Yeah, filtrum. Well, let's get back to the book. Yeah, should we yeah. agree? Let's get back to the book. Um, so I I, I want to talk about uh, the the use of the significance of the weather in this book. I mean, there's a reason why I asked you all to read this book this week. I thought it was very thematically um, on point. Um, granted that we're going through a very, very intense heat wave in um, London at the moment. And this is a book that's set during a heat wave. Um, and this is a common trope, I find, in a lot of books. I mean, there have been so many books that have been written that are usually set during a heat wave. Off the top of my head, uh, Great Gatsby is one of them. Uh, L.B. Hartley's The Go-Between is another. And, um, oh, Ian McEwan's debut novel, The Cement Garden, is also set during a heat wave. Now, what do all these books have in common? Baron 54451. Um, not during a heat wave. They just burn books. Yeah, but that causes a lot of heat. That does cause a lot of heat. I mean, not to the point where it's comfortable. I mean, literally, it sets things on fire. It's the temperature at which paper ignites. The movie with Killian Murphy, Sunshine. That was not set during a heat wave. That was set in space. Where yeah, but I imagine weather. it would have been if the close you are. To they the went sun, to the, the surface of, it, yeah. of the sun. That's well. The sun doesn't have seasons, though. Heat wave refers to stuff that has seasons. They were killed. No, doesn't the heat wave refer to a wave of heat? It does, and they, they were killed by a guy who had bad sunburn. By Jeff. Okay, right. This is not really <laughs> anything to do with like what the point I'm making here. But the point I'm making is what did it, like as Alice said before. What the, all these these books, the examples that I gave, what they all have in common as well as being books about heat waves. Sex. Exactly. There's something about heat waves. It's which a is about sex, sex thing. It's a sex thing. It's totally a sex thing. <laughs> it's um. It, it's and, and and sex plays a big part in the atonement. Um. We 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 talk about um. The characters of Cecilia and Robbie Turner, who are kind of like the star-crossed lovers at the centre of this book. But we view their relationship through the eyes of Cecilia's younger sister, uh, Bryony Talis, who is... Wow. Is she a villain? Is she is she the villain of this book, do you think? No. The villain of this book is Ian McEwan for writing this book. Ooh, okay. Coming in strong with the, uh, the strong take. I take it immediately that Alice did not like this book at all. It is the worst book I've ever read. I mean, this is not time to do the summaries, but like, let's 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 talk about that. Let's talk about what you had 
What, what, what? No, no, no. I'll save it. For okay, later. okay, okay. I'll save it for later. Okay, so you. Are, so she is now. Now <laughs> we've all got something you want from us, Chin. It's very true. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's dole them out to Chin. See, all like, the time. I, 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 when it comes to uh, hosting podcasts, I'm, I'm all about the delayed gratification. I like to uh, edge myself to uh, the. Let's the, well, the not the give anecdotes. him what he wants. Yeah, I'm not yet. Not yet. Oh, no. Like right away, about like my Netflix show. I don't. Oh, wait, Coming wait, out in the wait, fall. Wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me, let me dole it out. Let me dole it out a bit. Uh, uh, not just yet. Not just yet. All oh, right. Okay. Like, just tease me a little bit more, but um. Yeah, I I want to talk about how uh, the, the, the the what is the significance of the heat wave in this book? It is all about sex. This is about it's a bit of a hackney trope at this point, isn't it? Like um, the fact that like uh, if you're living through a heat wave, it makes everybody's inhibitions uh, fall away. I think one character um, even states outright in the book, "Oh, I love uh, England in the heat wave. It feels like a different country," which is. And, and 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 the rules no longer apply because it feels like you. I guess it feels like you're in holiday mode. If you mm. feel like you're in another country, um, then you can do whatever you want because you're in holiday. So like, it's gonna all hang out. Have you been finding that this weather's been affecting you uh, in in weird ways? Like, uh, I've I've definitely been like um uh, cutting loose a lot more. Uh, I have been. It's been difficult to podcast because you can't podcast outside. No, it's too much. I tried noise. to do a hot podcast. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I just transmitted the, the heat to people. How do you transfer the heat to people? I, I mail people hot coals. Okay, that's that's but mailing. In the package, there was a system that would cause the coal to ignite when they opened the package, right. so that the heat would be transferred to them. Okay. And how is that a podcast? Yeah, it's not podcast at all. That's literally mailing letters. Um, well, it came with a tape as well. That's post. That's literally postal services, and it comes with. Po- yeah. That's not, again. Not the podcast. I that's was, a cassette tape. You stopped my uh, postal services. Yeah, this is not a podcast. This Fire, is firebombing people. <laughs> exactly. This is not a podcast. The worst part is I only send it to U.S. government officials. <laughs> disaster. It's a bit embarrassing. Um, embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So you struggle to, uh, to, to, to do podcasts. Um, I, 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 I've been um, enjoying the good weather, but it's made me feel a bit. Um, it's made, <laughs> made it difficult to focus Just on the books that I'm reading. I'm fine. Thanks for your concern. See, I'm mm. back in the war with Len David's cough. Because the, you might the be Germans might hear you. Yeah, but you didn't, you didn't fight any Germans. Were you fighting the Germans <laughs> in, you in Afghanistan? We were fighting the Germans in Afghanistan. Okay, at the risk of opening up a whole can of worms, how old are you, Crispin? How, which war did you fight in? I fought in the first and second Afghanistan wars against the Germans. <laughs> But weren't the Germans part of the general peacekeeping force? Yes. <laughs> so why, well, yes. why are you fighting for the Taliban, perhaps? No. Are you in the British Royal Navy? Have you heard me speak, dear? Of course I'm in the British Royal Navy. And you had orders. The Queen gave me my aeroplane. So you were under orders from the Royal British Navy to fire your wooden Spitfire <laughs> against the German peacekeeping force. In, in Afghanistan. Is that what you're telling us? Yes. It seems like a very I don't understand mission. why it's so surprising. Wait, what, was, what, was the, um, what was the purpose of this mission against the Germans in Afghanistan? To reinvigorate the Brits. Okay. See, we'd just beaten Germany 5-1 in the footing ball. Uh-huh. And after the footing ball, we thought, fuck the Jarius. And my grandfather, you see, he mm-hmm. fought in the in the first and second world wars. Oh, okay. He he flew um, 
a smaller version of the Spitfire that had a big, like a big wing. <laughs> okay, <laughs> alright. What? So it had a big wing. Okay. It had a big wing. A single wing? A big wing. Yes. You see, they only thought to have both wings after the Second World War. Well, I have I have a question. Do you want to go first? Let's just queue up because I think everybody has a question. But Alice, well, we'll you. Yeah. Okay, my question is regarding the nugget. Um, <laughs> yes, the, the you said fine, the Germans dropped. You said the Germans dropped a bomb with and a nugget <laughs> fell into your garden, right? Yes. And uh, were you alive? And how old? I you? was alive. <laughs> Okay. Oh, was it was your garden in Afghanistan? No, but of course it was in Stoke on Trent, my dear boy. So, I was one morning, see, at the university, there's a lot of foreign exchange students, you see. What university? At, at the Stoke on Trent University. And then one day, a bunch of German foreign exchange students came by, and they had these little bombs. They were smashing on the ground, making loud, big, loud pops and crashes. And then at the same time, they threw a nugget... A, bo- a nugget of bomb into my therefore garden. Okay. Simple as chips. All right. I mean, it, it, it sounds like like that sounds like an act of war. Uh, Simple but, as chips, um, just as Papa used to say. Okay, um, um, Steve, you had a question apparently. Uh, my, my question was answered. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Oh, is it regarding nugget? It was regarding. It was regarding a lot of things. It was okay. regarding what his father used to say. That's what I was interested in. Simple as chips. Well, I've got a question for you, Crispin. Do you think Bryony is a villain or not? I think that Bryony was doing her best. Define what in what way was she doing? Bryony wasn't trying to sabotage. She wasn't trying to do wrong. Although I guess which villains are trying to do wrong, none would ever be able to say. Well, yeah. Well, right, well, there, are there any other people from our history you'd describe as doing their best? Uh, Alan Gore. Okay, yeah, he did do his Also, best. he made a very lovely movie in a similar vein about sex. What was that called? Inconvenient Truth, uh, about okay. the warming of the planet. Ah, well, I don't know if that's about sex, but... Uh, it's a sex thing. It's a hot... It is a sex it's thing. It's about everything getting all hot and steamy. It is, it is. Um, yeah. So he was trying... Well, I, I mean, like, okay. Uh, I find it... Interesting to pick up on this point. Like, you think she's doing her best, but like, she's what is she looking out for? Her sister? She's a goddamn bitch. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's a goddamn she, damn bitch. She 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 effectively sets up um, Robbie uh, to be a rapist. He basically, she basically makes a false accusation. Yeah, because she's a goddamn bitch. Okay, all right, all right, all right. She's she was admitted herself she's a, she's at the end 30, of the goddamn book. It's true. It's a thirteen. She's a thirteen-year-old girl. So sadly, yeah. To what extent can we so excuse? age excludes one from being a goddamn what? bitch? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, like, what, to would what you extent? describe a baby as being a goddamn bitch? Oh, for sure, it won't shut up. To to what extent do you think Bryony's in control of her actions here? And, and to what extent is it her being a, a silly thirteen-year-old girl? who makes this accusation without being fully cognizant of the uh, ramifications of that accusation. Um, well, you see, one can use that logic to justify just about anything. If one I'm saying, like, you're too young to know even better. You need, yes, one needs to be able to see the, f- the subsequent uh, foreclosures on their one to therefore action. Right. Okay, it's a great, right. great bit of advice. I think. Right, it's not yeah. too See the subsequent foreclosures on the <laughs> yes, one to there for action. I, 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 just I, I, as Bobby used to say, 
steal our advice for my my Netflix show coming in the fall. Okay, I, you, that's the second plug. I I I, I feel that we What's need to we need to yeah deal with this. It's now. called Straight Eye for the Queer Guy. Okay, I can see where you're going with this. You flipped the script on. Well, they 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 hired me for it. I didn't invent the show. Well, they hired me. Is, is this is like a? Do, do you get any sort of like? Uh, comments from the people who made the Queer Eye show like, oh, about the fact that like they might have a problem with you basically doing what they're doing but flipping the script on them they, they love it they think it's great it's oh, just okay. five straight guys called the, the Good Good Quintet okay the uh, Good Quintet it's a Good Quintet and they are we're giving advice to gay guys really weird that you call yourselves the good quintet like you're making a moral judgment on your sexual preference some way no we just we didn't want to be the, the fab five we're still with a good quintet okay. and who else is in your uh, it's me Steve Koenig mm-hmm. um, I we all have a different specialty so my yeah. specialty is podcasting because that's something that straight guys are great at and we think that gay guys can be better at that often okay alright and all then right. there's Tom Cruise <laughs> Wait, the actor Tom Cruise. The actor Tom Cruise. Okay. He helps him with stunts. Okay. And then there's uh, John Travolta. <laughs> okay. Helps him with uh, dancing in a slightly awkward way. Right. Okay. Stilted way. That's and, because that's what he's known for, dancing in a stilted way. Yeah. The guy's a, the guy's a good dancer. He's, not he is, he's a great dancer. He's a great dancer. But we didn't want him to be too free. We wanted to be so, so you've asked him to stilt it up a bit. <laughs> stilt okay, it up okay. a little bit. All right. Uh, then there's Taylor Launter. Uh, I thought it was Lautner. Lautner, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> He's your co-host. <laughs> He's, uh, he advises them on business. Okay. And entrepreneurship. Well, I would not have guessed that he was good at doing that. And then there's Tyler Perry. <laughs> who uh, advises them on writing comedy. These are very specific skill sets that well, you Well, I mean, uh, it's uh, what we can't advise them on clothes. <laughs> they know more about clothes than we do. Do we have a clip of this show? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll just play it. Right from the beginning. Okay, all right. Okay, so this is a, this a clip of your new show coming in the fall. Uh, it is uh, straight guy for the queer, straight eye for the queer guy. Yeah, yeah. Because it begins okay. with the Netflix sound. Okay, which is now Netflix. That's just your voice singing Netflix. Okay. Morning and welcome to Straight Eye for the Queer Guy. Uh, how are you doing, good quintet? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, it's me, Judge Travolta. Mia, uh, how are you doing, Taylor? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, and, uh, and, and Tyler? Tyler, how are you getting on right there? Oh, Lord, it's me, Tyler Perry. Oh, I've been coming in my butt <laughs> How's it going, Tom Cruise? <laughs> yeah, great. Anyway, uh, this week we're helping out a gay guy, as, as usual, and the gay guy's name is Josh Bellman. <laughs> I'm not gay. I'm not gay, just I'm a designer, so I. Uh... <laughs> 
Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, this has been a big mistake of accidentally outing a guy. Well... I'm not, I'm, I'm not gay. Oh, Lord! Now, Josh, you need to take some advice from me, Tyler Perry, because that's who I am. Hey, hey, you're gonna help him write a... I'm gonna... We're gonna write a movie together. It's called Madea's Queer Straight Guy Revocation. I'm really not that interested in writing My movies. My big... Gay Tyler Perry wedding. Um, why? Why would we do well, that? And while he's doing that, um, I, I'm Steve County. I'm gonna help you make a podcast. Who the fuck are you? I don't know who <laughs> any of you. I, I just I don't know who. Well, I know, I know Tom Cruise. I don't know why he's being so so, so quiet. He, <laughs> he just seems, he seems to be choking on something. Well, he, he's gonna help you with stunts. Is that John Travolta? Yeah, he's gonna help. He's you had a lot of work done, hasn't he? He's had a lot of work done. <laughs> Why are you going to talk about my face like that? Oh, my face! Oh, look at look at your house. It's so tastefully decorated. That's great. Oh Lord, no! This will never do. You you smell bad. I smell bad. Yeah, and that's how my comedy writing's gonna improve your scent. I just played three hours of tennis. That, that will that never might. do. That will never okay. do. And so, uh, Josh, we found out that you're not come out to your parents yet <laughs> and in fact no one in your family knows or your life at all knows that you're gay yeah because I'm not gay hi Josh it's me your father what's this I hear about you being gay I'm not I'm sorry I'm not gay it's alright I accept you well then why are you on straight eye for the queer guy what? you were know. nominated by your good friend Aaron X it's true Josh in fact it's you giving me the courage to come out myself I Josh Belvin's father Oh, I'm wrong. so gay. We've got the wrong Josh Bell. I love cock. I love it so much. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no need to do that. Yeah. I forgot that your father's got the same name as you. We're meant to be doing it about him. <laughs> well, Tom Cruise, could you teach him about stunts? And we'll be let's cut the clip there, guys. That's enough. We don't want to skip away the whole show. That was fantastic. Um, that was really sort of ethically, morally questionable. Why? I, I think it's a great show. Is that really okay? Is that I, don't, really I, okay? I, I was physically cringing from the screen as I was watching it. You've literally ambushed somebody. Um, well, you got nominated them. by his friend, Harren X. Well, again, you did, and, and that was it. Apparently, <laughs> just the nomination is enough. You didn't do any research into like whether no. Harren was lying about anything. And then you just tried to get him to write a comedy movie <laughs> and do stunts. <laughs> also, also... Clearly, none of those people were any of the celebrities that you mentioned. Like right? that, Tyler Perry was was Chinese. First of all, uh, Tom Cruise was just literally a big fat guy. Like that's that wasn't Tom Cruise. Put on a bit of weight, leave him alone. <laughs> and you know, he Travol- broke his ankle doing uh, Mission Impossible Fallout, which is coming out this fall. <laughs> that, that, that film was not made that long ago. I mean, this guy was like he, to have. Put on that amount of weight, Tom Cruise must have been eat- binge eating and just mm-hmm. not moving or doing anything. He's um, been eating those Big Macs. And the guy that and the guy that you said was John Travolta was the guy from Bo Selector who does the Craig David bit. <laughs> yeah, it's a little on fact that John Travolta did the Craig David bit in <laughs> Bo Selector. And Taylor Lautner just looked like a girl. <laughs> Well, he's a bit of an MC boy. <laughs> okay, all right. Look, um, he can fight you to the death. I, I really don't, I don't understand how Netflix have made this program. It's so offensive. It's really in what, offensive. In what way is it offensive? Well, I don't 
know, like the way, for example, that um, you just literally had uh, Josh's dad start going down on all those guys, like uh, <laughs> right in front of the camera. It's a bit much. Well, we tried to stop him, but they, he wouldn't. By the way, was that actually Josh's dad? It was Josh. Okay, all right. <laughs> That was actually Josh Goldman's dad. Okay. Yeah, we were meant to be doing it about him, but it was a big confusion. And they have the same name, apparently. They have the same name. Though. Again, a little bit of research, Steve, would have easily revealed all this, you know. It's this new show. We Why would Harren... Because obviously we know Harren. Why would he have nominated Josh's dad? Because so got, random. He we need he was to, a we gay need, guy in need of help. We need to contact Harry at some point about this. Yeah, and we need to also... It's a mystery. It's a mystery. But look, like, thank you. The theme's great, though, isn't it? <laughs> Went on a bit long, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I did, like, again, you almost hear the book get on too long. <laughs> I did like the... the but the, the thing was, the song was... And for the viewers at home, you couldn't see, but it was them all sort of awkwardly dancing yeah. in front of a white background and posing. It's true, the, it's true. The... the, the Good quintet. Yeah, that's when my poses. initial um, suspicions were raised that like none of these characters, none of these people, the good quintet, looked <laughs> like the people that they were meant to be because they didn't look like who they were meant to be. I immediately knew something was up there. <laughs> well, uh, they were wearing masks, and it looked like it was filmed on the phone. <laughs> it was. You know, they filmed that that film by the director of the uh, Sunset Project, whatever it's called. Mm. Tangerine. Tangerine. It was on a phone, and we thought we'd do that. Yeah. Apparently the theme was also played on the phone as well. It sounded um, yeah. pretty pretty terrible. It didn't have a lot of budget. Okay. All about the budget was my salary. Uh, and then the salary for Tom Cruise. So you got paid to do that? I got paid two million pounds. Wow. And I've got a stand-up special coming out. So where, what? <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. I, I've got to say, you were paid two million pounds to do that. Where did the two million go? <laughs> because well, uh, you filmed it on the phone. You got a bunch of people that didn't look anything like the celebrities that you said they were going to be. And you, did you even get the rights to play? Like, Frankie goes to Hollywood, just relax? Is that uh, a... Yeah, I asked Frankie. Frankie Moon is. <laughs> that's not who <laughs> Frankie goes to Hollywood. I love Milkham in the Midal. Yeah, he's very good. Apparently he's lost his memory, though, he's Frankie Moon is. He oh, yeah, remember. I heard about Yes, he has. He doesn't remember he anything has. he did during is the Is that show. why you contacted him? Well, he made Because you were like... If you, maybe he'll forget about this. <laughs> yeah, that's why. I'm you could just say, "Oh yeah, you said it was fine," and he'd be like, "I don't remember." You'd be like, uh, "Oh, you did, huh? Huh?" Well, that's what we're planning on doing. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I want to double check if that was actually Frankie Muniz that you were talking to, not no, just it some definitely random was guy. Him. It might have been his older brother one. Um, what on the show? Reese. Yeah, yeah, okay. Reese. <laughs> Just now, maybe I don't know. Can you repeat the question? You're not the boss of me now. You're not the boss of me now. You're not the boss of me now. Might have been a mistake. Look, I'm glad you promoted your show. Um, Glenn Steve. McEwen. Yeah, Ian McEwen. Ian McEwen. No, Glenn McEwen. What about Glenn McEwen? Who's Glenn Ian's cousin, Glenn. Okay, all right. Uh, what does he have to do with this? Uh, not much, really. Okay, good boy, let's... good boy. He's a good boy. He, he mows a mean lawn. Okay, let's let's focus back on you... the book. Okay. Brian Jonestown Massacre. <laughs> I'm, I like uh, Gregor McEwen. <laughs> okay. So have you been watching Wild Wild Country? I've been watching Wheel Wheel Country. <laughs> So have I. <laughs> We've got something in common. We do indeed. That's why we look the same. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. 
That he yeah. just literally is me. With a moustache, <laughs> with a pencil moustache. I'm, I'm also surprised that say. nobody mentioned this before when he walked in. So that I'm, I'm face blind. I don't, I don't. Right, right, right. I, I feel that we should have picked up on that before, though, Alice. I don't, uh, I don't judge. I don't oh, I know. I picked up on it. You just didn't want to say anything. I feel a bit scared. Okay. So Lola got raped, huh? <laughs> yes, she did. What she a, did. That was a that was a segue. sad, sad part of the book. It was very sad, and again, it makes me go back to my uh, initial point: is Bryony a villain? Um, so you're asking if you think because because Bryony got Lola Lola's raper into trouble, got got Roby into trouble mm-hmm. because even though she didn't necessarily know, and it was probably uh, Leon who who did the raping. Yes, possibly. It's because she fancies Robbie, or she sort of has oh, a big crush on him. Who doesn't fancy Robbie? She yeah. really, really has a really big crush on him. I fancied Robbie. Robbie yeah. Williams, good-looking man. Uh, we tried to get him for straight eye for the queer guy, but he was too busy. <laughs> as, as one of the yeah, the, the, what the <laughs> actual quintet. yeah, one of the actual. Yeah, that makes sense. I like. I'm. I'm liking the theme there. Also, why is it like? Why couldn't you have got some alliteration going on with the uh, good quintet? Yeah, they were the Fab like Five the... and the good quintets. Well, what, what positive words begin with a Q? Quint. The qualified quintet. Oh, oh like, yes, that's what okay, no, well, too late now. Oh, oh, like, 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 you're gonna re You're just gonna dub it in. Oh, right? I'll do it right now. <laughs> I mean, one second. Boop, beep, boop, 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 beep, boop, boop, boop. Okay, all right. <laughs> Hello, Netflix. Uh, how are you doing? Yep, oh, I do want to change it to uh, quite good quintet. Goodbye. <laughs> you didn't even introduce who it was on the phone. They just knew who it was. Did you, you say this is Steve Coney? You the... said, hi, Netflix. <laughs> I do want to change the name of the thing. Like, you didn't even ask me to put through to anyone. You literally just phoned up Netflix and just said, I want to change the good quintet. It's a qualified quintet. Bye. That's you need a it. bit to talk to yourself. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, I don't know how. I don't know if you know how telephone calls are meant to work. You're meant to give them more detail. Than well, that. well, they have obviously in a big corporation like Netflix, they have caller IDs. So okay, they know okay. Who I am? Yes, but you barely gave them any time to respond at all. I'm assuming the person knew who you were and said yes, sir, right away. Bye. That's... But what it was the way they answered? Did they say? <laughs> Oh, hi, Steve. Do you want to change the name? <laughs> are you calling regarding the name? And yeah, then you said, yes, I do want to change the name. <laughs> okay. All right. So I think we've all learned a lesson in how to use phones today. Um, Steve, do you know who it was on the other end of the phone? Ted Sarandos. Ted Sarandos. It, his name? it was. It was Reed Hastings. <laughs> okay. Okay. Not Ted Sarandos. No, he's too busy, Ted Sarandos. He is part of Netflix. He's not just making... Yeah, Ted Sarandos and Reed Hastings. Ah. He's working on the Joe McHale show, I do believe. Oh, yes. He does appear on that. Um, Well, okay. That's that's great. You've changed the name now. They're working on... yeah, you're working on that one. Reed is working for me. Ted Sarandos is working for Bisexual Guy for the Bisexual Guy uh, show. (laughs) Wow, okay. Who's presenting that one? Uh, it's been. Isn't it bisexual eye for the bisexual guy? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it's a dating show. Although a bisexual is also queer. Why is the called the bi eye for the bi guy? No, 
Nah, okay. <laughs> my sexual okay. Because then it yeah, just sounds it pop, like there's someone. It pops, it pops more. It yeah. sounds like there's someone with two eyes looking at someone, <laughs> at two other guys. It, it, uh, yeah, who is that, that, that common insult? <laughs> by eyes. <laughs> the by ocular. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a person who doesn't but wear only glasses. Only by guys, yeah. not by yeah, people. Guys, it, I want to talk more about Bryony and how she's a goddamn bitch. Okay, alright, alright. Well, <laughs> so is she a villain or is she just a goddamn bitch? Uh, I suppose that's a good question. If you're a goddamn bitch, are you, are you also a villain? Hmm, interesting. Do you well do you find her a sympathetic character at all? Does she fly any airplane aircraft? No, she doesn't. She she works as a nurse, in fact. But how does that nurses can fly aircraft? Yeah, but like no, Does she no. do any air nursing? I in, don't think she does. In Afghanistan. She she nurses a French um soldier who is basically wounded and falls in love with him. I think this is an interesting chapter in the book where Bryony falls in love with his French soldier and uh, falls in love with him and imagines what their life would have been like. Uh, it's sort of like, I can't help but feel Brian is a bit of a sociopath. Like a really sort of like narcissistic person who's kind of like wrapped up in her own world and is sort of like a, uh, imagining things and making stories up. And even though she does feel a modicum of guilt of what she does, her way of atoning for this sense of guilt... Well, okay, we're just going to get to the ending now, okay? So essentially, we discover uh, towards the end of the book that um, everything that you've read... Uh, post the accusation. Um, Wait, do the, do the listeners know the plot? Because I feel we've just been talking a lot about Steve Koenig's show. And coming this, out, coming this, out this, this, this guy's just been talking a lot of something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't nuggets. know if we've actually covered the plot of the book. Jack and Nuggets and there was a rape in the middle. Okay, so that we, we know that there's been a rape. We know that Bryony uh, essentially uh, accuses Robbie and gets Robbie sent down for uh, uh, raping um, Lola, yes. uh, which she did not do. Okay. And as a result, Cecilia cuts all ties with the family because um, she believes in Robbie's innocence, but nobody else does because back in those days to be sent down what uh, how would you describe that chin i mean obviously i know my grandpappy told me mm. as he always used to say mm. and i would like to know what what do you how you interpreted the getting sent down of, the, of this it's when somebody mails you a duvet I'm just kidding. I'm messing around. <laughs> uh, boom, boom, boom yeah, on the no, train. No, I have you got your own Netflix. My what? Sorry, on Netflix stand-up show. Not yet. Not yet. Special. But I'm working on it. I'm working. Hey, maybe you could put a word in for me. I would. Oh, I put a word in for you now. What, you phone them up. Phone them up. Phone them up. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. 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 <laughs> you are Steve Huffman, I believe. Correct. Okay, you might continue. Uh, to my friend Chena, stand up special. How tall is he? Five foot. He's, he's five foot four. Five foot four, five foot four. So it's always better to underestimate your height. Speak a phone. Why do you say it's a better underestimate your height? I don't understand. Well, that's that's just one of his jokes. Uh, I love it. Give him two million. Okay, I gotta go now. I'm getting a foot massage from a hot stone man. Bye. Well, that was interesting. <laughs> oh my what do you God. think the foot massage is that happening? What, what, leave it there for a little what, bit, Chip. Okay, okay. Do you think the foot massage he was getting was by a guy who used hot stone? <laughs> I don't or care. A man who was made of stone and happened to be hot. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. This is that's really that's that's your takeaway. <laughs> I've just got. I've just got to deal with Netflix. 
I do believe. I do believe he was he, he, he was getting. Uh... Oh, <laughs> by continue Joe. talking. The I do believe that after this here phone call. Oh, am I on it now? Yeah, well, on the welcome to the Brown Pig Brown podcast. podcast. So yeah. I do believe on all accounts that that hot stone man was <laughs> the Rock. Ah, uh, that that's could have been true. It could have been a massage from the Rock. I've heard he's a really nice guy. Mystery solved. Before the drop as well. That's incredible. That's, that's the shortest, yeah, that's the shortest episode. Yeah, it really was. I love that. That is it. Can we can we just take a minute to just sort of like process what happened there? I've I've just been given a Netflix deal. I've been basically given a two million dollar check yeah, to do whatever I want. Were you getting a massage from the Rock? I wasn't, <laughs> but come on, guys, be happy for me. Look, I I, I need to think about what I'm going to do for Netflix now. I'm like, I've got, I've got a couple. What are you going to call the special? I don't know. Uh, how about uh, Chin's comedy special? I, I don't think it pops. How oh, about okay. Chin Chin? No. How about Chin I for the Chin guy? Oh, I think that's quite good. But who would you be? I'd be uh, both. I'm giving myself advice. Maybe it would be Chinese Eye. For the non-Chinese uh, for the non-Chinese eyes, yeah. yeah, chai chai guy for the non-chai guy. There's got to be something about an Which eye. Which one okay, of the bad right. five do you most um, sort of see yourself in? Uh, who's the guy who um, basically just gives him a new home? Quillisim. Yeah, he's great. I love that guy. And which one of the qualified quintet do you most see yourself as? Probably Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> What is Tom Cruise? Oh, the stunts. <laughs> yeah, the stunts. He does the stunts. So you don't really do any stunts, by the way. He didn't do any stunts. Well, during it was because it was the early part. Okay, okay. okay. Um, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna think about this exciting times Netflix. But like, like, I doesn't mean I'm gonna abandon my duties as a host of this podcast. Um, I, I, I'll never forget where I came from. Um, I, I believe in this in this project. So let's let's get back into it. Um, I want to talk about the major reveal in Atonement, okay? So, like, I'm spoiler alert. If you don't want to know what the major reveal in Atonement is, um, mm. it's that it's not true. It's not real. It's all basically bullshit. Sorry, um, sorry. Let's repeat that sentence. Yeah. If you don't want to know what the major reveal in Atonement <laughs> is, it's the, the, the major reveal in Atonement. <laughs> sorry, I, I'm really bad. This is how you do, Dave. You don't want to see my penis. Here's my penis. <laughs> it is, to be me. fair to everybody and listeners at home, it is about 30 degrees today. It's really, really hot. So Chin might just be a little bit overheated. And he going, just got a $2 million deal. Yeah, yeah exactly. Kind He's of, a kind bit of distracted. Giddy. Kind of giddy. But yes. He's looking rather randy. Mm. And, and, and to sort of agree with Chin about what happens, the whole story happens and you think, oh, okay, that's quite a good book. I've enjoyed this. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then she goes... London, 1999. London. It skips to London, 1999. And they say, oh, by the way, guys, Bryony here, just in case, just so you know, I wrote this whole book and none of it's true. And now I'm off to do 9-11. And um, I literally threw the book across the room. You were very upset by this twist. I was furious. Okay, so uh, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. In Bryony's mind, she justifies, she essentially justifies what she does uh, and the, why um, the book Atonement gets its title because what you've read is her attempting to atone for her crime of dobbing, uh, of making this false accus- mm-hmm. accusation against Robbie and essentially destroying the chance of happiness that she, that she uh, her sister might have had with Robbie. 
And so she, like, we don't know. We don't know if they were, like, they would have gotten together. That's not the point. It's the idea that, like, we kind of believe that they are star-crossed lovers and they deserve to get together. And then we have this sort of, like, um, uh, possible reunification, uh, yes. re- reunion torn yes. away from us. So what is the point of the reveal? Do you, I mean, if, if, if the idea is that, like, um, we want to believe in a happy ending... Why do you think Ian McEwan decides, like, yeah, but you're not going to get a happy ending? I think Ian McEwan did it just to be different. Okay. Like, it, it's like, it's the thing that you're t- always told not to do, mm-hmm. right? When you write a story. Never school, let it be a dream. Never let it be a dream. That's what uh, Tyler Perry always says on Straight Eye for the Queer Guy. Yeah. When he's talking about his shows, he's always like, don't make it a dream. Because the gay guy is always... Again, the, again, that's... That wasn't nope. Tyler Perry, that was clearly a Chinese guy. They've yeah. always, always written films yeah. where the end, all gay guys that we talk to, they've always written a film where the end is a dream. And he says, well, don't do that. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. but it is, you know, so to agree with that, it is what they always say at school, don't make it a dream. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. don't make it the one. And then they woke up and it was all a dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but he's done that because he's smart. like... <laughs> Sorry. Well, he, he, you know, he was different as well. He broke the rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to read Word Up magazine. So, um, Pepper hanging out in his limousine. Uh, but, but this isn't... I mean, technically... It's, it's, mm-hmm. Technically speaking, Alice, mm. you're absolutely right in terms of, like, you, is the... Uh, 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 it's a meta-narrative and it is the effect of saying, it's like, this is all a story. Rule. But it's like, um, I mean... It's hackneyed to say it was all a dream. Yes. But there are a lot of stories... Where the twist is what you've actually been watching or reading is not real. Uh, classic example: Usual Suspects. Usual Suspects. Suspects essentially ends on the same note no. of it being no. not real. No, it was a trick. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one wasn't a trick because you could you could tell that something was a trick right. in the Usual Suspects. Something right. wasn't right. Right. Whereas if in this, you watch it, it reads. Back. It reads, but this one reads like a story. Yes. There's no clues that it's not true. And you feel very invested with the characters. Mm. And then she's like, in about half a page, she's literally just like, oh, yeah, by the way, none of this is true. And um, they're all dead. Right. But that's that's true. Every book has that. If you read most books at the end, it's got like a page that says copyright. 1958. This was yeah. a book written by David. Yeah. Any 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 co- any resemblance to uh, <laughs> characters living or dead um, is purely coincidence or like. Yeah. Uh, I mean, essentially, this is an interesting point you make because um, it's metafiction. So you say you're invested in the characters, mm-hmm. right, and you believe in them. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's a further unraveling by saying like, well, yeah, that what you read wasn't real, and technically none of it's real. It's all a book. Mm. It's all just like a work if, of fiction. I'm, I, whenever my friends or my wife are reading a book, I, at the end, they'll get it, and I'll just go up and go, none of that was real! <laughs> it was a book! It was just a book, you dummy. Yeah. And they'll always cry and leave me. Yeah, okay. What, you're Sarah? You're, yeah, that's why Sarah. Sarah Koenig left me. I just think that it shows no respect to the reader. Uh, you know what? Like, Agree. I, I, I kind of, I know, I, I totally get the frustration. I, I, I definitely wasn't happy with this ending. I, but what, what makes me unhappy about it is the um, idea that um, Bryony thought that this counts. Oh, who's message? I got a message. What did it say? Is it, uh, is it Reed Hastings? We're going back to war. With who? They need me in my, my wooden Spitfire with two wings. Who we at war with? Germany. Oh my god. And, and, and where's the war being fought? Uh, this time, let me just scroll down here. <laughs> if you do hereby, therefore, accept these, therefore, conditions. 
on my birthday. Oh, it's Tony Blair's birthday. Uh, it looks like it's going to be at Pizza East in Kentish Town. <laughs> at a pizza restaurant. Door. We're going wait, to wait, war wait. a pizza restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> Let me read this message. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, um, sorry, sorry. Can I just say, why is Steve Coney being a sensible question? Because I'm a reasonable guy now. He's not. Well, he does ever since no, he looks so zen. Is he reasonable though? Because he's just literally created one of the worst Netflix programs ever with like Tyler Perry, who's a Chinese guy apparently, and Tom Cruise is a fat guy, and Taylor Lautner, who's a woman, and it was a very offensive show, which just basically ended with an act of oral sex. <laughs> So I don't know if he's a reasonable guy in any way. No, no, but I didn't. It's reality television. It's not not scripted. I don't think the concept of straight guy for the queer guy is straight eye for the queer guy is inherently offensive. Okay, all right. No, but the problem was is that you went to somebody who said I'm not gay, and then you you kind of outed them as gay, but they're not gay, and then you made it seem like they were that being gay was a bad thing, but when actually they're just not a gay person. It's true, it's true. In what way did I make it seem like being gay was a bad thing? We're here to about them write a comedy script, do some stunts, start a podcast. I think I think I think it was a, I think you made it seem like it was a bad thing when like um when uh, Josh said that he just come back from playing uh, a few hours of tennis and Taylor Lautner said gay in a really dismissive, contemptuous way. I think that was the problem there. It was a bit mm, I well. I thought I, that's a value judgment if you put put in there. You could have meant like if if it said cool, you'd be like oh that's not a homophobe. Maybe he was just using the word gay in a nice way. I don't know about that. Look, I, I feel we're getting like, look, we've got war, we've got well, the no, program. Sorry, I was reading this message and it's not a war. You've just been asked on a date to go to Pizza East. And I will be arriving in my finest wooden spitfire, ready to kill all the Germans I can. Will you be throwing um, chicken nuggets? I'll be chicken. throwing nuggets of bomb. But, but your date's with Boris Becker, so... Ah, oh, you need to go on my straight... My arch enemy... <laughs> Straight after the career guy. That's what you need to go on. Straight eye for the career guy. <laughs> That's my other thing. I have a new prep. It's, uh, no, <laughs> please don't do that show. I can tell you it's a very it's bad a idea. North for Korean guy oh for the God. South Korean guy. Okay. Korean eye for the Korean guy. Okay. All right. Can, let, let me. No, wait. I've got it. Korean eye for the career guy. Oh, what's the second guy? Uh, he's, he's a career guy. He's, he's a guy he's... He has a career. <laughs> he needs help from a <laughs> career guy. No, he just has a career. And there's all sorts of different things. And what does one of the career guys <laughs> help him with? They help him antagonize far more powerful entities. <laughs> All right, I, I, we, we, we're, we're running short on time, so I need <laughs> nuclear bombs, <laughs> nuclear nuggets of bombs. Yeah, and, and, and every, bombs. Ep- every episode is just the same. They go, "Well, well Kate, we've got a big bomb," <laughs> and he's like, "But I need to help with my presentation on Monday." <laughs> well, well, just talk about your bombs all the time. And there's a career guy who goes, "Don't do presentation, just do bombs." <laughs> And he goes in, he goes in, and then he just says, I've got a nuclear bomb. (laughs) Do I have the job? (laughs) And then, and then everyone's a bit confused until they realise, shit, he actually might have a nuclear bomb. And then he claims that he's going to decommission this nuclear bomb, (laughs) making... (laughs) 
but he doesn't actually do that. Uh, this happens every episode. <laughs> every episode is exactly the same. <laughs> the guys only got one thing. <laughs> and then somebody does hair and makeup and dresses them all the same. Gives them a, gives them a Korean tuck. <laughs> okay. Oh, is that like a French tuck? Yeah. yeah but you tuck the back in and leave the front. <laughs> Ow. Okay, all right. Well, all right. What's the opposite of French? Korean. <laughs> what's the opposite of front? Back. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, we're running short on time, everybody. I, I need to. We need to sum up our, our thoughts. I, I was going to make a point about how uh, I don't think Brian's act of atonement is literally like writing a story about it, and we should give him a happy ending. Like, how's that atoning? How's it atoning for like accusing somebody? Of a terrible crime. That's why I think she's a goddamn bitch. Yeah, it's terrible, isn't it? She's written lives. Imagine that. Like, I, 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 I falsely accuse somebody of like a sexual assault. They go to jail, and then years later, I say, "I'm really sorry that I accused you of rape." But I've written a story in which I didn't accuse you of rape, and you live happily ever after. Literally like, half a century I? later. Yeah, like half a century later. Here's the book. Oh, by the way, you're dead. Oh. You died, but you died. There's no way I can do this. Spoiler alert. Um, she didn't actually write the book. Ian McEwan wrote the book. Ian McEwan. Uh, so, so she's wrote a this double book. liar. She pretended that she wrote this book that was actually written by a man. Yeah, right. She is 100%. A goddamn bitch. Such a <laughs> <laughs> That's our new. Who uh... are you? <laughs> My name's Joseph. <laughs> Whoa! What? Who are you? I'm Joseph. This is like that movie with Jamie McAvoy, who was also in um, uh, the film. Sorry, so why are you splits, referencing splits. movies when a new guy is out of the room? Yeah, no, 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 it's him. It's, it's him. It's a split. It's, it's, it's a total split situation. It's a split situation. I'm not making something but Oh dear, who was that? I think he said I, it's I multiple personalities. I had had a suspicion that sometimes when he was talking. He wasn't necessarily talking to us. No, it's true. He was talking to... It was an internal monologue. Definitely. Definitely. Mm. Well, it should be on my... I wish there was more time to address this, but there isn't, so... Well, there might be on my new Netflix idea show, which is where the indie star of Your Netflix idea show? (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm going to pitch it to Netflix. Okay, okay, all right, all right. It's called Shearwater Guy. For uh, the guy who doesn't know anything about Shearwater. As in beloved indie band, yeah, Shearwater. Shearwater. Okay. And it's about schizophrenia. Okay. That's it? Yeah. All right. Okay. About... We're going to move into this part of the show where it asks me for I didn't opinion. understand that joke. I'm no. so sorry, Stephen. It's not a joke. It's a serious. I didn't understand that serious. Okay. Crispin slash James. Actually, I'll ask both of them for their opinions. On Joseph. Show. First, Joseph. Sorry. <laughs> That's right. Joseph. Joseph. Um, Crispin first. What did you think of Atonement by Ian McEwan? Well, I must admit, in my later days, I've lost the will to read as many books as I used to read mm-hmm. when I was a one, one-year-old boy. Yeah, okay. Now that I'm 13, <laughs> I actually like this book. It was much better than the other book I read. Which What's was the other book you read? Basketball Tips from <laughs> Michael Jordan. <laughs> Okay, all right. <laughs> well, what's, what's, what's so great about that book? 
I mean, what's not great about that book? <laughs> Does it contain no basketball? Because there's no story, I assume. I still suck balls at basketball. Oh, wait, is that, does it also contain a twist in which Michael uh, Jordan says, like, all oh, those tips I gave you I made up? It's not real. No, it's actually, it's, it was all a dream. It was all a dream. It was all a dream. You get to the end of Basketball the doesn't exist. It's not a real sport. Yeah. And then it's just a picture of Michael Jordan doing crush chops. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say cross-stitch. <laughs> um, okay, so you, so you like this book, then? You like this book, Crispin? Um, uh, yeah. Okay. Yes, I do. Interesting, interesting. What, did, what, what do you think is the appeal of atonement? The appeal of atonement is living a long time. Can't argue with that. If all the characters seem to have lived such a long time, they're old people, maybe I can. I think most of them don't live a long time, though. That's uh, I think like um, uh, both Cecilia and Robbie die prematurely uh, in this book. Uh, Robbie dies of septicemia on the beaches of Dunkirk, and Cecilia's ah. bombed. She's bombed. Ah. Those, those, those Germans. Debatable. They find her body. Those goddamn a, Germans. They find a bo- her goddamn body with, like, nuggets all over it. Um, okay, that's interesting. That's interesting. Uh, thank you for your thoughts on that, Crispin. But I did like it. Okay, Joseph. What did Joseph think about? <laughs> Okay, I'm not going to ask him for any more details on that. He liked it. That's two thumbs up so far. Now, Alice, I kind of know what you're going to say, but I want you to go and just, because this is it. You've been saving this up. You've been saving this up. And this is the third shoe that we've, we we put up there and now we're dropping it. So I've already talked about it. Oh, okay. I said I threw the book across the room. I oh. hate this book. It's the worst book I've ever read in my entire life. I mean, what's the I worst thing about I can't believe I dedicated so much time to reading it. <laughs> and here you are talking about it again. But I mean, what, what's the, what is the worst thing about this book? It's disappointing. And it, 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 she, the, the author, <laughs> Ian McEwan, has no respect for the reader and no wasted my time. Wasted her time. But you think that like, if it had ended without that postscript, it would have been a good book. It would have been, been an book. okay book. The, bit, uh, the war okay. bit is so boring. Okay, the war mm-hmm. bit is boring. What? The Dunkirk bits, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, why, why do you find the, the, the war bits boring? Was it, was it just because oh, of the war? I find words? anything set in the war boring. I remember this is a common thing about, uh, about war with you. You don't like it. War... More like bore. Mm-hmm. I'm all right. It's ruined so many books for me. I mean, it's, so yeah, like oh, we had this discussion about war and peace. Maybe we should do war and peace one of these days just to see like what your reaction would be to that. Don't haven't we? No, we haven't. We've yeah. done so many books. We have done so many books, yeah. Um, okay, so you hated this book. Hated it. Oh, yes, 100%. This is my all-time lowest book. You wouldn't recommend it at all? No way. No, no. Unless, okay. it, was my, unless it was recommending it to my enemies. Ah. Well, do you do that? Well, all your enemies. Yeah, do you do that? Do you recommend books to your enemies? No, I don't speak to any of them. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I, I, I'm not going to tell you who they are. Okay. But let's just say there's four of them. Mmm. And you, well, they're all going to get a copy of Atonement in the Post then. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve, what do you think I, of this book? I, I wasn't that big fan of this book. Okay. I'm honest. It contained no useful information for me. No useful information. Although, I, since I've started Bikram Yoga, I've got a touch more in 
touch with my inside side. Uh, and I've been able to work out more about what I want from life. I'd argue that we all got in touch with your inside side when you did that show about your um, prolapse. But, uh, yeah, well, that was a great show. Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> no, no, you didn't hear that. That only got sent to my yes. doctor. <laughs> we didn't have my doctor. Well, we, I feel that we have heard it by virtue of you yeah, describing it. Yeah. Um, anyway, I've been more in touch with my inside side. And I only really want books which teach me something directly about something that I need to know. Okay. okay. And this taught me nothing about anything that I it didn't teach me how to trim a hedge. It didn't teach me how to uh, take out my rubbish. It, it didn't teach how to skin a football. It did teach me that, but I didn't need to know that. All my footballs are already skinned. Oh Why God. would you skin what a football? What is going on? Yeah, I don't know what's going on. These these two are like definitely like sort of syncing up on weirdness. But, um, okay, so it didn't teach you all these sorts of things. So, like, as a result, you only like books that are useful in some way. Yeah, like you I read... You learn something from them. Like I read uh, Never Let Me Go. Oh, yeah. And that taught me how to love. Uh, and I read uh, Oil, uh, the book that led to There Will Be Blood. And that told me what oil was. So it's all kind of, it's all learning. Okay, that's fair enough. Okay. You read the Dolan Kindersley book on Gothic revival architecture. I, I actually have. I thought it was very useful. It told me uh, what bricks are. Okay. I, I can thoroughly verify that. Okay, all right. Well, that's that's great. And verify that I was told what bricks are. <laughs> that's, that's he good. knows what a brick is. That's good. I, I, it's always good to have a second opinion about what you know, I, I find. Um, okay, so it was like a, it's a split decision. Because um, I, I, I have to grudgingly respect this book, even though it kind of... I, when I first read it, it didn't infuriate me. But the more I thought about it, the more it, it turned in my mind, I kind of found myself thinking like... Yeah, in many ways. It's all kind of made up anyway, so I don't really care about these characters. I am kind of invested in it, but it's kind of like Ian McEwan saying, like, well, you dummy. None of this is real. Stop being... It's a book in a book. It's a book, exactly. It's, it's, all, it's all made up. It's all, it's all bullshit. So stop being so attached to it. Uh, fools you. And I, but I, and I also came around to the idea of, like, I mean, if they're not real, then it doesn't matter. I mean, like, I, I, you could have ended it in possibly a more interesting way, maybe, but that's for the note section. Um, I would have gone possibly with a flying saucer from out of nowhere, aliens, maybe. Mm. But no, like, look, I'll, I'll leave that to the notes section. I, I will give this book a slight recommend. Um, I'd recommend it to you if you are kind of, like, going through a, a, a bit of, like, a... Pr- a heat wave yourself, right? And you're feeling the horniness taking over. Um, give this book a read. There's some horny stuff in here. It's pretty hot. Um, and also, this is a new section. I recommend a wine to go with your book in Chin's Wine Book Corner. Um, do, you need, do you need a theme? I do need a theme. I haven't actually actually Let's, let me, constructed let a theme Let me yet. get a theme. I'm the king of themes. Well, I can actually claim myself a theme. No, I'm going to get one for you. Something copyright-free, hopefully. Okay. This is definitely copyright-free because she's dead. That's enough. Oh, okay. So I'm Amy Winehouse. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, um, so, Atonement. Um, what is the perfect wine to go with this book? I would say that you would need a nice, chilled Chablis. Chablis is the perfect accompaniment to Atonement because just like Atonement, Chablis being a French wine... Uh, and there's a French person in here. And also, the wines are known for their flinty notes, uh, described as, uh, by the French as being goût de pierre à fossile. Uh, goût de pierre à fossile. 
Tasting of Gunflint, Steely. And this book is Steely because there's a bit that has war in it. So if you are reading Atonement tonight, why not get yourself a bottle of Chablis, sink that sucker down, get it down your throat, and enjoy the book. I know I will. Shove it up that was, uh Chin's Wine Corner. Chin's Produ- Wine Book Recommendation. Corner. Produced by Steve Koenig. For his production company, Steve Koenig Productions. Mm, that's some nice synergy there. That's some nice podcast synergy. I like that. I, I like that. Perfect profession. Um, as we all know, though, not every book is perfect. Uh, there's always room for improvement. And this is a section of the show where I ask you to give me your thoughts on how you could have improved Atonement by Ian McEwen. In a section we call notes. This has been a scorcher today, fellas. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, I'm very much looking forward to uh, opening the window. I shit my pants! Is that Joseph again? Isn't it Joseph? Shit. Maybe Joseph should give his notes for this one. I give my notes that much better than that other guy's notes. We're very zen about this, man. I noticed that I, I'm, I get this point where it's so hot and I've done it so many times, I'm just very chilled. I'm seven foot tall! I'm totally cool with this. I'm accepting all of this. Um, notes, everybody. Let's, um, I'm gonna save Joseph. Uh, Steve, give me some of your thoughts about how you would have improved atonement. I think atonement would have been much better if the bit about it not being real had been right at the start. Mm, so you basically get a note at the beginning that says, like, um, by the way, everything you're about to read is bullshit. Then, Everything you're about to read is a work of fiction, uh, I'd say. Uh, None of this actually happens. Spoiler alert. And yeah. then they'd say, spoiler alert, and then they'd give instructions to how to make a nice cottage pie. So you actually <laughs> feel you've gained something useful from the book. So you get a little tip. On a little top a tip. tip. Yeah. Uh, maybe, you know what, I like that. I like the idea that uh, more books should include life hacks. Like I think that. every book should include any item of food that's mentioned in the book. It should have a full recipe. For how to make that ice cream food. Mm. I think that's a great idea. Okay, all right. That's oh, a good yeah, no. I like it. I like it. Alice, how would you have improved atonement? Yeah, Alice. Um, I would have. I would have. Um, oh God, there's so many things. I think. No, I have no notes for this book. Really? Oh. I think. There's no way to fix it. Not even dropping the ending? No, if you drop the ending, it's still quite... Cut the bit out the the wall? Yeah, but then it's just like a quite short book. I I think... Just don't read it. Whoa, that's your note. Don't read it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I know we're supposed to have notes, but I can't. I... You really hate this book? Yeah. Can I ask what you did with your copy after you threw it across the room? Gave it back to my friend who lent it to me. Oh, I was hoping you'd take a shit with it. And then giving it back to your friend. Why would you do that? That would be really gross. It would be. be so it's sm- disgusting. It'd be, it'd be so smelly. Have you, have, you never, have you never read a book that made you so angry that you, you threw it across the room and then just unbuckled your belt and took a shit on the book? I've done that You've many times. You've got to do times. more than unbuckle your belt to take that shit. <laughs> Why are you unbuckling your whole just doing that? Yeah, bucket is bound to be able to slip the book in his pants. That's because I, I've, I've got a little slit on the crop on the uh, seat of my pants, ah, which allows the safe passage of my tie. Or do you have one of those? Do you always wear those pajama trousers? Yes. that they've got a flap at the back. Yeah. yeah. Why are those got out of fashion? I think those are really good. 
They are good, aren't they? I don't know what you call them, but yes, you need poop the, pants. the poop pants. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I, I think mean, everybody should wear that. I all think the everybody time. should do that. There should, should be a fly for your There should be a flap. There should be a bum flap. Always. Always have a bum flap. I mean, like, it just saves time. Colonoscopies, I think. I actually once worked with a guy. Um, who had a one for some reason like, do you remember when onesies were fashionable because yes. you used to wear them mm. I don't remember that and he had one which had a zip that went the whole way round like it went all the way down and then round the back well, how far up the back did it go like just to the top of his bum crack <laughs> wow okay and I would have had, loved it if it went all the way back so it's just like literally you just split yeah two. it was one of those that had two zips you know like raincoats that have two zips so you can oh, yeah. pull it up halfway mm-hmm. And he said, he might need to go on your program. He was gay. Which pro- Oh, that program. His boyfriend <laughs> Not the prolapse program. His boyfriend picked him up from the station and apparently all he had to do was just unzip his thing and then he gave him a VJ in the car. Wow. Okay. He could do that anyway. With a, <laughs> all he had to do was unzip his thing. And Maybe then... he'd keep his top half on as well. Though. Yeah, but you can do that with a fly. No, but then he's still wearing a onesie, isn't he? So which direction does it zip up from? Does it zip both up from ways. It goes both ways. It's got two zippers. Ah, so you could actually just do that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just... So yeah, the audio medium, so I, nobody sees what Sorry, we're doing. Sorry, this isn't particularly um, Notes, yeah. Well, those are your notes. Thank you for your notes, Alice. Um, um, that's, that was useful. That was good good knowledge. Um, I thought I learned something there. Uh, Joseph. Well, hello, Sam. How would you like to improve this book? I think that the atonement should have come at a place. She should have made the admittance when uh, Robert was in jail. Oh. She should have just come clean and said, like, I made it up. I made no, it. just after Robert was in jail, after like a year. Oh. So it wasn't like she ruined their whole life. So maybe there might have been an actual chance of her actually... Atoning for her. Okay, so. I mean that makes more sense than actually just writing a story with a made-up ending. Like uh, it makes no sense. It's not very. I mean, I, I, I just. You can have all the other bits, yeah. but just make them be real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. You're absolutely right. I think like it's a. Uh, I mean, how do you how do you make amends to people who are no longer alive? I guess it's a difficult one to do. I mean. It's pointless, really. They're dead. They're never going to hear your apology. You can uh, cut your dick off. I mean, Bridie doesn't have a dick. It saves time. <laughs> it does save time, but Bridie is a woman. I don't know if that would be an this appropriate is punishment. Dick off. <laughs> it seems like an inappropriate punishment for a woman to cut their dick off. Um, okay, well, then maybe she has to find a guy and cut his dick off. That, again, does not seem to mean that she actually atones for anything. She's just <laughs> maiming a person and just disfiguring what? them. It's in the name of Saviors. <laughs> okay, Joseph, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. <laughs> no, oh, no, Crispin back. Hello. Crispin, what, what's Joseph's deal? What I is... don't know. That guy, he loves cutting people's dicks. <laughs> Has he cut your dick off? Don't ask, don't tell. That's not the policy of straight eye for the quick guy. We're not doing the show now, though. Like, no, party of that is our scantel. Okay, okay, all right. <laughs> I, I, um, I think, I think we. I'm so hot. Yes, I am very warm as well. I, think I need time. to jump in your swimming pool. Wow, He's a hot luck. stone man. <laughs> good luck. Good hot luck finding a swimming pool. Man. 
A hot stone man? Um, I mean, that's that's the best kind of um, stone man. Look, everybody, I get the, I get it, I get it. We all need to leave. We, we're very, very warm. This is a very warm room. Um, I don't think anybody has anything to plug. Um, so I'm just going to park my net. You've plugged your show. you plugged your show. I mean, I think we don't have to dwell on this anymore, Steve. I mean... Yes, we gave please. way too much time to that TV show, I think. I think we give way too much time to Steve. I think, I, I think I'm think i very lenient. But I think we've got like a friendship going on here now. I think so. we're great friends. Yeah, we are very good oh, friends. I got, I got you a $2 million stand-up. You did. I mean, I can't... I can't. I, I owe you big time. I think you got... You just email me to say he needs it next Tuesday. Oh, okay. I've got to think about that. Um, um, oh, wait. It's, it's Steve, I think your phone's ringing. <laughs> it's really oh. silent. Oh. Uh, oh, hi, who is it? Who's this? It's uh, Steve Koenig. Who am I? <laughs> You're Steve Huffman, CEO of Reddit.com, uh, and also Netflix. Correct. Okay, very good. Uh, I just had my massage, and I've got another idea. Oh, great, good, good to hear. Now, this, this, this chin guy. Yeah? How tall is he? <laughs> is it five foot four? <laughs> How big are his hands? I would say they are 12 centimeters long. Those are like baby's hands. Uh, we, we're gonna get more of this guy. Give him another two million and get him to get two Netflix specials by Tuesday, and I'll give him fifty million. Wow. Uh, how how, how long do you want each of the specials to be? Uh, I'd like a pepperoni <laughs> with mozzarella and anchovy cream. So jokes about all those foodstuffs. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, I gotta go. I'm getting a uh, didgeridoo lesson from a grand wizard. Okay, bye. Um, Do you think that was a grand wizard from the KKK? So let me get this straight. Sorry, no, no, no. <laughs> Have you actually... It was a lovely phone call. Can you... Sorry. I know that we need to wrap up. Yeah, we really do. But can you really confirm that was actually Netflix and not some guy pranking you? I think that that was definitely Netflix. It's, it was Netflix for real. It's not on my phone. Well, Netflix. that leads me to my question: So, is this guy really in charge of a multi-million-dollar company? But how do you think they made all their money? <sighs> Don't know. By making content. Honestly, after that conversation, I, it seems like a very good combination of luck and just making stuff up and just... Well, they've things. seen something in you and they want you to do two You know specials. what? I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth. I'm going to get this done by next Tuesday. Yeah, I've got two specials, right? That's 12 hours of material. I can do this. I can do 12 hours of material. Yeah. You look like you'll be good enough. I think what I'll do is I'll repurpose the podcast and what, we've got something like 70 hours of material there. Yeah. I'll just cut out the best bits from the podcast and put that on Netflix. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Just the podcast, though, so people will just have to listen to it on Netflix. <laughs> you know, there'll be no video. It'll just be sound, um, which is fine, I think. Maybe a picture of my face. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. Okay. So nobody else? Nothing to plug? Yeah. Cool. I'm going to say, if you have... If you would like to congratulate me on my upcoming Netflix special, why don't you write to me at fakingletpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, subject header, well done, Shin. We always believed in you. You're the best. Uh, and if, especially if you were one of the people that bullied me in school, um, why don't you write to me so I can tell you to fuck off? Now that I'm a big deal. How'd you like that? How'd you like me now? Jack Robertson, who is a real guy, apparently. Um, that, that, yeah, so write in, visit our website, it's fakinglit at wordpress.com. 
And why don't you subscribe to us? You know what? I would like people this week to um, share the podcast with somebody that you know. Get the word out there. Recommend it. Hey, if they like absolute stupid nonsense uh, and failed Netflix pilots. Hey, they haven't failed yet. Well, we don't know that. We don't know that. But like, if you like all these things and you've got a friend like who's just looking for something to have a voice in their head during a working week, why don't you send them our way? Recommend them Faking Lit Podcast, a five-star podcast on iTunes, apparently. That sounds like a spiffing idea. It sounds good. Sounds good. Get the word out there. Until next time, my name has been Shinty. This has been Faking Lit. Please keep supporting your local bookstores and libraries. Bye-bye. I love Hello. you.